Our scripture reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 16, verse 22, and this is, uh, the context is Jesus' parable of the rich man and Lazarus, and uh, this one particular verse is what we'd like to focus on today. It's often been speculated whether or not this was a real story and account that Jesus uh, relays to us. It's not described technically as a parable, although we often treat it that way. So let's hear this word from Luke 16. Jesus says, So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abram's bosom. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. may be seated. Have you ever really come close to dying? Have you ever been in a near car accident? Maybe that's probably the way most people would... If you've ever had that tingle go up your spine, like, oh, just about got hit. Or maybe, maybe some of you have had an illness that could have gotten serious enough where it, it might possibly have taken your life. Uh, the one time in my life when I really thought I might die 
was on a jet airplane, and all of a sudden we hit some major turbulence. Uh, I've been on jets before where we've been in turbulence, but this was completely different. And it felt like the whole jet just dropped about 40 feet in the air, and some of the luggage compartments came open. I remember one suitcase fell into the aisle, and you could hear people scream. And uh, the lady a couple rows behind me started saying the Lord's Prayer, and you could just feel the tension on the plane. And the pilot came on to announce that that uh, we're going through some rough turbulence, and just then we hit another patch, and the whole plane dropped again. And I remember thinking at the time, what if this is the way I'm going to die? What if this is the way that I'm going to leave this life? Uh, it's kind of a kind of a, a wake-up type moment. What what's it going to be like to actually to really actually die? when your soul finally does leave your body. It, it's something that's so unknown to us, and it, it's something that's so hard for us to comprehend, and it's not like we can go interview people to find out what it's like with other things. So the, the question marks about it, the mystery about it, is often something that really kind of weighs on us. And when we're young, we maybe don't think about it as much, but tell, tr trust me, as you get older, you start thinking a little bit more about these things too, not that you can't when you're young as well. God tells us in his sacred word that despite the, the decay that's going to take place to our physical bodies, the soul is immortal. The soul will go on. Solomon describes it this way. He says, dust returns to the ground it came from, talking about your body, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Now your body is, according to scientists, 53% or so water. And uh, there are 60 chemical elements that make up the physical aspect of your body. And all of these elements can be found in the soil, in the earth, which makes sense. Adam was formed from the ground, and God breathed the breath of life into him. And so to dust, back to dirt, our bodies will someday return. But inside of that body is the soul. One commentator said, the soul is like a hand inside of a glove. If you've ever been at a funeral of a loved one, you'll sometimes hear people say as they look at their loved one in a casket, it just doesn't even look like him, or it doesn't even look like her. They look different than when they're sleeping. Or maybe if someone was in a hospital in a coma or something. There's a difference when somebody's dead. God has taken and removed the soul from that body. And the life that's in us is, is due to the presence of the soul. And so when God removes that, it changes what the body is like in that sense. Only one time in my life have I been present to watch somebody die. Uh, I was a shut-in member of mine. I'd actually taken through adult instruction only a few years earlier. And uh, his whole family was gathered around his bedside in a nursing home. And we knew that he was getting close to death. They had called me to come, and I had just finished reading the 23rd Psalm to him, and had just finished having a little prayer with him and the family. And within about a half minute of that, uh, he suddenly passed away. Very peaceful, but it was, it was a very interesting moment to, to observe. And I thought about this verse when that happened, how the angels come and find the souls of God's faithful and just pluck them from this body. And that's what causes the death. 
and the soul just continues living and now is taken to God in heaven. So our Lord is trying to give us some insights into what happens to our souls when they are taken from this life. Now unbelievers, those who are not believers in Christ, are described as being in prison when it talks about their souls being in prison. But believers are referred to as being in God's hand. Stephen, for instance, when he's being stoned to death and just about ready to die from having rocks pummel his body, he prays out to Christ and he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Take my, my spirit, my soul, receive it. Jesus, even before his death on the cross, cries out to his Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. St. Paul, he writes and says, I have a desire to depart and to be with Christ. Jesus, talking to the thief on the cross, just moments probably before his death, said, today you will be with me in paradise. So when God describes the souls of believers, he describes it as a, as a wonderful lifting from this earth with the presence of his holy angels. That just, that's just the most beautiful thing, isn't it? That he just takes his holy angels and grabs your soul and pulls it out of your body and now takes it to the joys and the bliss of heaven. People have speculated about this for ages. The ancient Egyptians used to think that when they would bury your body, that your soul would keep living on the earth and go back and forth into your body as if like a, like a motel. And they would, they would even put things in your mouth, like rocks or nails, to separate your teeth to allow the, the soul to have enough room to go back inside of your body. I don't want to keep living in my dead body. Some of the Hindu religions believe that when you die, your soul goes into another creature. One of, the, one of the problems they're having in India right now is they believe, people believe that their souls go into monkeys. And because of that, nobody wants to kill them or harm them. They're just all over the place. There's monkeys climbing all over the roofs of houses and everything. Now we know from God's sacred holy word that our souls do not stay in this life and don't return back to this life. There's no coming back and crossing over. The same, uh, the same parable Jesus uses here in the context of it speaks of that as well. Listen to what Paul says about what's going to finally happen to us. He says, We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, and we shall be changed. And so on that final day, the, 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 the dead who died in Christ, whose bodies are sleeping and their souls are alive, they will be reunited with their soul. Those bodies and soul will be reunited and placed into a glorified state, just as Christ himself has been glorified. Well, think of what an amazing sight this is going to be. Hollywood can't even come close to this. Think what an amazing sight that this is going to be, that all around the world, all the different cemeteries and burial sites, those who fell asleep in Christ, who trusted him, him as their Savior as they died, that they're going to rise out of their graves. Back in 1914, my grandfather was a Lutheran pastor, and uh, he was on a trip on a boat uh, that went over to Norway. And uh, it, it took about five or six weeks to get there. And on the trip, on this voyage, two people died on the boat. And he was called upon, because he was a pastor, to uh, offer burials, Christian burials for them at sea. Um, think what it's going to be like even to see bodies come out of the oceans. 
to see bodies come out of oceans. They, they claim that just in the year 2016, just along the shorelines that we know in the world, that over 200 people have died in the oceans. Some estimate it may be as many as 20,000 people a year die out in the oceans in different ways. And their bodies just go down. Just think what the resurrection will look like. What, a, what an amazing thing this is. And God has a very particular plan and schedule for you and for your body and soul. And the day is all in his control. And so he calls upon us. He's blessed you with the gift of faith in Christ. He calls upon us to stay ready now in that faith. But notice throughout the Bible how comforting God presents this to his faithful. When he's talking to his church of believers, he presents this, this whole process as something that is so comforting for us, even though we might be kind of terrified by it. He describes, think, think about the, the little Jairus' daughter, that 12-year-old girl, that Jesus talks about that she's like asleep now. He's just going to wake her up from that. Job says it this way, that on that final day, in my flesh, I will see God. I will see him with my own eyes and not another. How my heart yearns within me. I'm going to take you back to my jet ride when I thought we might be going down and I might be, that might be my last day on earth. One thing that, that really struck me, um, I, there was a little tingle of fear you know, thinking that this could be it, but there was an amazing calm that came over me, and it's all because of Christ. The gospel is this, this beautiful, wonderful rescue safety net that God has given us. And I thought to myself, this could be a horrible experience I'm going to have to go through, and yet I had great comfort in what Christ had done and in the comfort of the gospel. That was really reassuring to me how the word of God that's been embedded in our hearts by the Holy Spirit can kick in and can, can give us that amazing, wonderful comfort. And that's, that's why, whenever Paul brings up this subject, he so frequently says this to Christians. He says, comfort one another with these words. I love that. Talk about the resurrection with each other. Talk about the fact that God's going to take us through this process of death and finally bring us to the wonderful hope that we have in heaven. Look forward to the greatest ride you will ever experience the ride of the angel taking you to Abram's side. Amen. Please rise and join me in a prayer that we're going to use today, which is a verse from one of our hymns. And uh, so it's laid out sort of poetically. Let's pray that together. Lord, let at last thine angels come to Abram's bosom bear me home that I may die unfearing and in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing, and then from death awaken me, that these my eyes with joy may see, O Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior and my fount of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, and I will praise thee without end. Amen.
now may the triune God who has claimed you as his own, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Depart in his peace. Amen.